keep on crack you man If you like merch as much as I do I strongly recommend you the website EpicMerchStore.com They have t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, hats, long sleeves and kids merch For more than 200 punk rock, ska, hardcore and metal bands from all around the planet So if you like bands like Good Riddance, The Dreadnoughts, Friends of Rome, After the Fall, Diesel, Boy, Crank, Straight Line, Polly, Randy and many more Oh, they also have a Tony Slide Reviews merch Show episode 106. My name is Emily Plamondon. I'm French Canadian and I'm super passionate about punk rock music. Every week on this podcast, I make you discover bands from all around the world through my repunkmendations and I interview fantastic punk rock related people. And this week, my guest is the legendary Dave Smalley of the bands All Dark Nasty, Down By Law, DYS, and now Don't Sleep. My for you today is for the band Oda Humanity from Massachusetts and you'll also hear the new audio karate song yeah I hope you're ready my friends because the show is starting now hello hello I hope you are doing great I hope you had a fantastic week since the last episode I'm doing good. For me, it's Sunday morning. No, Sunday almost noon. Yeah, I'm enjoying a large coffee from my favorite place. And oh, I had such a great music weekend. I really wanted to talk to you about that. On Friday, I went to a venue I've never been before. It's called Le Pantum in Quebec City. And I watched three amazing bands. So the band Rope Skills was there. They're from Montreal. And I was really happy that they came to my town for a show because I missed them at Puzza Fest because they were playing like at 1 a.m. and I was already asleep. And they were excellent as an opener for that show in Quebec. Then we had two albums released from local bands called Varlop and Enfant Sauvage. They're like punk, garage, Enfant Sauvage are absolutely hardcore and oh, what a punch in the face they gave me. Wow. And now I really want to start an angry punk band singing in French. I think I have a lot of things to say in French and it would be very angry. So maybe I'll start a new band. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> And last night, I played a show with my duet, uh, Fifty Shades of Punk Rock. We went to Saint-Raymond. It's about 45 minutes drive from Quebec City. And we played with Denis Robitaille, with Bidden Bush, and also Rouge Pompier. If you haven't seen Rouge Pompier, you should absolutely check them live. Uh, if you have the chance to watch videos, their setup is always so Rad. So basically, it's a guitarist, singer, and a drummer. They are only two usually. Um, every time, I think sometimes they are three, but every time I saw them in the past and yesterday, they were two. And they always put their setup in the middle of the venue, the floor. So the drum, the, the amps, the guitars, the guys are definitely totally in the middle of the crowd and people are circling them and ah, so great. 
So it was fun. I ate a lot of pizza, <laughs> drank some beers, and had some fun with friends. And in the next weeks, oh, I'm excited because the next Saturday I'm gonna go to Montreal, see Trice playing their entire The Artist in the Ambulance album. Oh, I'm looking forward to this so much. And the weekend after that, I'm gonna go to the Red Bridge Festival. I'm gonna watch bands like Pennywise, Lagwagon, 30 Footfall, uh, what else? Bad Cup, Bad Cup, uh, some great local bands too. I'm gonna do a featuring with my friends from Full Count. Uh, oh, Mad Caddy's Catch 22 are gonna be there too. It's gonna be an epic day, I hope. We're gonna have a lot of sun, great weather, and lots of fun. I'm not worried about the fun factor, though. <laughs> And I really hope you also have great punk rock plans for the weekend, that you're going to attend to a lot of festivals, that you're going to have fun with your friends at shows. I really want you to live your best life this summer. So there are some things I want you to check on the internet this week. First, you have to see the new video for the Bold Weevils. It's a great band. They just released a music video for their song Resistance. I had the chance to see them live at Puzza and wow they are so energetic it's so good and they just released their new album Essential it's definitely unessential <laughs> to have in your collection you also have to listen to the new Cluttered song it's called okay wish me luck for the pronunciation of that <laughs> it's called Konao Chebukto mm -hmm. And it's a new version of Maddie's Grace song. I like this band. They're great people. And for your information, I interviewed both Maddie Grace and Dylan, the drummer, on the show on two different episodes. So if you want, you can rewind the list of episodes and you're going to find them. I love them. Yeah. Rancid released a new song and video for the song Devil in Disguise and the new album will be released soon. I can't wait to finally see them for the first time. Yeah, it's weird, huh? But yeah, I never, I've never seen them. Um, in September in Quebec City for the festival Envol et Macadam. Okay, let's listen to the new audio karate song. It's called A Show of Hands. It was released last week. It's really good and it's so great because the band is back to studio recording after like, what, 20 years? And they will offer us a new EP in June. It's going to be called A Show of Hands. At the end of June, yeah. And Iodine Recordings is releasing a limited 7-inch edition. It's really pretty. Check that. And you can also find new merch, by the way, on Iodine's website. And I was surprised because I thought that Audio Karate made a recent collab with Emily Agent M two years ago or something. So when I read that, they haven't released any new studio recording stuff since like that many years almost 20 years ago um i was like but they released a song with m and so i wrote to casey and he told me that actually this song was recorded uh, 15 17 years ago And they added Emily's vocal <laughs> like two years ago. So yeah, that's great. It's basically a, an old song with new vocals. I like that. So yeah, let's listen to the new audio karate song, A Show of Hands.
of living in the now, what it takes to make all those bands so successful, building the East Coast hardcore scene in the 80s, floating in space. Yeah, we talked about that, actually. Mm -hmm. His other passions and hobbies, why he left all, etc., etc., etc. We also put some emphasis on the new Don't Sleep album. The album will be released on June 2nd. It's probably already released by the time you're listening to this interview. It's called Sea Change. So we talked a lot about that. During the interview, you're going to hear the song Dead on the Inside. Enjoy. Recording in progress. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Where are you on this crazy planet right now? So right now I'm um, sort of near, uh, I'm, I'm right now near Pensacola, Florida. Oh. Uh, so um, that's, uh, I, I'm sort of alternating between places, family, family reasons. So uh, oh. yeah, so that's, that's where I am. But, but my home, my heart, I should say, is in is in Washington, D.C., Virginia, you know, but I've also lived in Los Angeles and Boston and I love those too. So I'm a, a Renaissance man. Yeah. And where did you grow up? Oh, and by the way, I heard that you, you know, French, you speak French. Is it true? Un petit peu, pas bien, pas du tout. Je m'excuse mes fautes grammaire. J'ai oublié tout, 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 tout. J'ai oublié tout. Where did you learn? Quand j'étais petit, quand j'étais petit, j'ai habité à Paris pour deux ans, alors oh, euh, wow. je me souviens bien là, mais la grammaire, c'est terrible. Uh, non, mais c'est bon, tu parles très bien. Non, merci, merci. Hein. <laughs> non, c'est pas vrai. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think so far you're the best French speaker I had on the podcast. <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> oh, it's, it's great that you... Within two years, you learn French, and it's because it's a very hard language to learn. Yeah, it, it is. I lived there when I was uh, 13 and 14. So um, that's a good age. You know, it's like old enough to kind of 
really learn grammatical rules and things like that, but it's it's young enough that you can really, you know, it, it can still sink into you, you know? Um, yeah. Like, not like grownups. We, we, we have our shields up already, you know? So, um, True. so yeah, we're, we're, it, it was a good, good age to be there. And, um, my mother spoke very good French mm. and, um, she used to get really ma- angry with me because not really angry, like for real, but she used to be teasing me angry. And she would say, you know, your accent is so good. If you if you spend half the time working on your your grammar and your and your vocabulary and your tenses, you'd be a fluent French speaker. And I was like, <laughs> I know, I know. But I was thirteen. You know, oh, yeah. I was more interested in listening to Alice Cooper or whatever. You know, <laughs> it's very so, so funny because yeah. my my boyfriend is American and I'm French Canadian. So I always tell him you should learn French. If you started five years ago when we met, you would be pretty good. But it's I don't it, French is really hard because you have to like. Objects have genders. You have to memorize everything. It's not, and that is the hardest part, really. Yeah. Is why is it la table not le table or whatever? You There's know, no like reason. yeah, there, it just... makes no sense to <laughs> people who didn't grow up exactly. Uh, with it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm happy. I learned Fr- I learned French first. It's my first language, and then I learned English. Then the opposite. But you did great, yeah. even at at 13. <laughs> For two years, it's great. Yeah, but, it's not uh, not yesterday, I tell you. So yeah. it's good that I can still remember. But I still love the language, you know, and and I love. Um, I'm sure you know, but Down by Law has a lot mm-hmm. of fans in in Quebec and, yes. and Montreal, and you know things like that. And so so I really um, I I love the language and the culture of all French, you know, French speaking peoples, whether it's you know Canada or or Paris or every you know anywhere yeah. else, you know. So. Um, it's a beautiful language and culture, so I really love it. Yeah, you have also a lot of all fans here in Quebec. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. That's great to hear. And probably don't sleep too. We're going to talk about all of this, but where did you grow up? So you said you 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 lived in many places. Uh, now you're in Florida. Yeah. So um, been in so Paris. I lived in uh, California, you know, a little while, and then. Um, And then uh, moved to Virginia near Washington, D.C., and grew up in Virginia, then moved to Paris for a couple of years, then back to Virginia, then up to Boston, Ooh. Oh, then back to then to uh, L.A., and I lived for a year in Israel. Um, oh, wow. And then, uh, yeah, it, it's been a crazy journey. Is it yeah. uh, because of your study? I think you studied um, politics. Uh, is it? So, so undergrad was, um, communications. Mm -hmm. So, um, like journalism, things like that, writing, and then, um, and radio and TV, not, not like a professional like you, but studied it, you know? And then, um, uh, and then, uh, yeah. So, so political science for, for my, Mm -hmm. um, my graduate degree. Oh, so is it what brought you to travel a lot? did i mean so my dad worked for the government for the state department so that's why we lived in paris and uh mm. he later lived in um in africa for a while which was really cool i got to go visit wow. him there which was really exciting and oh. um and then uh and i got i was studying when i lived in israel so yeah it's been a it's been a crazy ride oh i guess crazy ride but I, a good ride i guess it shaped your i don't know Maybe your your songwriting at some point, traveling that much, and I don't know. Yeah, I think so. You know, I think um, 
So one thing I think that it did was give me an appreciation for different cultures, you know, mm-hmm. and um, that's really important, you know, uh, because ultimately people need to remember, including all, me, you, everyone, we mm-hmm. all need to remember that we are one human species and one human family. And so I think we all get so uh, in our little lanes, you know, mm-hmm. like this is my neighborhood or this is True. my state or this is my, you know, and, and it's okay to, to, to be, you know, to be, to love where you live and to be proud of your culture or things like that. But I think yeah. when it becomes something that separates us, that's, that's where it's not good. And um, mm-hmm. so I'm really, I grew up, you know, hopefully loving all, all peoples and all cultures and, you know, and appreciating different things about each, um, mm-hmm. each culture and nationality that I learned about. And uh, I remember when I was in Israel, you know, one of my buddies there, he, he leaned over to me and I was raised up, you know, as an Episcopalian, you know, so just regular, you know, singing in church choirs mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you know, as a little kid. And, but uh, I lived in Israel and right in Jerusalem um, in the old city of Jerusalem. And, and um, this guy, uh, he leaned over to me. He was a television technician who I became friends with. And um, he leaned over and he said, David, you are like me and us. You are a cool guy. You are a Jew. And I was like, awesome. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, yes, that's, that's yeah. freaking awesome. You know? So, so I, I, you know, so all of that and, you know, yeah. So I, I feel like a, a hopefully a citizen of humanity, citizen mm-hmm. of the world, uh, and a you know a friend to everyone. So yeah. Ah, I like that. And I really want to focus on don't sleep today, but I really want also to to know a little more a little more about your other projects. Um, but f- what is the moment when you were young when you remember discovering music in general? Not necessarily hardcore mm, music good, good or question. punk, but like the your first memories of music. Yeah. So, hmm. So my uh, uh, my older sister um, had a lot of albums, right? So when I was a little little kid, I would hear some of her albums. Like I remember, she had the album by a group called Pure Prairie League, hmm. and it was a, a song that you'll still hear on the radio some places. It's called Amy. Maybe you remember Amy. What you want to do? Mm. I think I could stay with you for a while, maybe longer if I do. Like, that's a great song, right? And I remember putting that on the turntable over yeah. and over again and just little, you know, some rock stuff, you know. But, but, uh, and then I kind of, um, you know, I kind of, uh, you know, when I lived in France in seventh and eighth grade, I, started discovering hard rock a lot, mm. you know? And, um, so that was like Alice Cooper kiss. Um, uh, I don't know, Skinner. Uh, um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to remember who else, you know, just all kinds of hard rock groups, you know, metal was kind of yeah. my, I've always been a metal kid ever since I learned about metal and that really spoke to me. So, uh, so yeah, then, and then, and, and Alice Cooper really in those, in those pivotal years, Alice Cooper was, was huge for me. And, um, and then, um, yeah. And then I, I, you know, came back to the States in ninth grade and started discovering, you know, more and more stuff. And eventually my friend down the street, his older brother turned, he, my, turned my friend and me both onto, um, 
to New Wave and, mm. you know, the Feelies and Plastique Bertrand and, oh, yeah. and uh, yeah, you know, stuff like that. And then, and then all of a sudden, you know, hey, you should check these guys out. They're called the Ramones. And all of a sudden, like, you know, explosions, you know, and the, here, these guys are called the Clash. You might like these guys. I was like, you know, so everything, like all the, all the horizons opened up then, mm-hmm. you know. I love to ask those questions because for me, in my perspective, you you definitely shape the Boston and East Coast hardcore scene. So because a lot of more recent bands are influenced by this era, you know, but I always wonder who with what were you influenced since you shaped this scene? But. You started it, kind of. So I, I'm always curious to. Yeah, to... you know, it's it's interesting because when we were when we were starting out in 1980, you know, when when hardcore was really mm-hmm. kicking in, you know, 80 ish, 1979, 80, 81 for sure, 81, right? And uh, like we, it, it was new, you know, and we were making yeah. everything up as we did it. We didn't know that we were creating no. <laughs> something that would last. We were just a bunch of kids doing stuff that we loved and that we believed in, you know? And so um, it is interesting. If we had known that we were creating a world, maybe we would have done things differently, right? Oh. Like um, like when you play Minecraft, you know, <laughs> like I play Minecraft with my daughter and she's, you know, I'm, I'm really bad. She's amazing, right? She's amazing at it. But so when we, we know we're creating a world, she knows she's creating a whole world, you know? Oh. In fact, she has like 90 worlds on her Minecraft account. It's crazy. And they're all really cool. So, um, she knows what she's doing when she does that. But, but, um, I didn't know. And, you know, none of us really knew that we were creating this whole thing. We knew we were having to build up our own world because there was no world out there so if you wanted a show mm-hmm. you had to find a place you had to book the hall yourself you wow. had to you know rent the pa you know you had to do all that stuff yourself um so we had to do it ourselves but we didn't realize that it was going to be something that mm-hmm. would last and we made a lot of probably dumb mistakes at the time um that we didn't realize but maybe like uh, maybe we did some things right uh i think um I probably would have uh, liked to have, um, you know, so there was one magazine called Maximum Rock and Roll that was uh, sort of like mm-hmm. this this thing that connected all the different scenes, right? Like it connected Boston with D.C., with San Francisco, with, you know, you know Reno, you know, all the different punk scenes, Chicago. Way, way so, before social medias, just a reminder. Yes, yes, this is way before social media. We didn't have any of that, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So so I, I almost wish that we had built more of a, um, a connections and, 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 and maybe even interactive support networks back uh. then, you know, like, hey, how can we help you? you know, Reno punks, you know, and, and stuff like that. And, you know, then they would have said, Hey, Boston hardcore kids, you know, what should we do to do that? You know, like we did a little of that by writing letters or calls, you know, wow. but um, I wish we'd done a, probably a little bit better job. If we'd known we were really building this thing from that would last, maybe I would have done something like that a little bit, but uh, overall, no complaints, you know, yeah, it, was, it exactly. was a glorious, a glorious experience and, and a, a glorious experiment. Yeah, and it's it's legendary. There, I saw some essay, university essay about the East Coast hardcore scene. I should read it. I, I haven't read it yet, but see, so definitely a major influence. And it's easy to say, oh, if I knew I would have done this. And it's 
Uh, we can always do that for our own life too. <laughs> Thinking yeah, about for that. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But at some point you did some great stuff for sure. Yeah, so so I'm reading this book well, I finished reading there's there's these two books that I've read recently by a guy named um Eckhart Tolle. T O L L E is his last name. Hmm. And um he uh he wrote a book called The Power of Now. Oh. And then his his other book is that I've just read is called um, A New Earth, A mm -hmm. New Earth. And the idea of what he talks about, and, you know, it's much better than I'm explaining it now, you know, for sure, obviously. But but the part of the idea is that we spend a lot of time as humans um, either looking backwards mm -hmm. in fear or or sadness or regret or even sometimes looking backwards with Oh, I wish I was back there, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I had that girlfriend, that boyfriend then. I had that job then. I wish I'd never quit. I Nostalgia. had, you know what I mean? Like, we look, mm -hmm. I was king of the, I was, you know, I was, I was captain of the football team, whatever, you know, like people live in the past sometimes in a, in a wishing they were their way or wishing they hadn't done certain things. So what do they do? That ruins your present, mm -hmm. right? That yeah. ruins your present. Or you're looking ahead with fear. Oh, man, I, I don't know if I'm going to have enough money to pay the bills. That's a really real concern. Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah. Or, or, I, or I, um, I'm, I'm, I might, that girl might not say yes if I ask her out or, you know, mm -hmm. or, or, you know what I mean, whatever the, the case may be. And, and instead of like, so if you're, if you're worried about the, the bills or the girl or the boy or the, you know, the person, then, okay, Are you going to ruin your today about that? Or are you going to try and figure out something positive and good to do about it? You know? And so, exactly. so we tend to ruin our present sometimes with fear or, or longing for the past or the future. Exactly. And, and that ruins our present. So I try now to not look back with too many regrets. Um, and uh, yeah, we've all made mistakes. We've all done dumb things. Um, but I try to be part of the present mm. and part of the now. And, oh. and I think it's really a helpful way to look at at life and enjoy life and to to breathe deeply of life. So true. I love this. Exactly. And I read also that if you're too much in the past, it makes you at risk for depression. And, and if you're too much in the future, it's a risk for anxiety. And I think it makes it. Of course, Perfect. there, are, yes, there yes. are more nuances than that, of course. But that's the, yeah. the general idea. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you won't have struggles. But do you do you paralyze yourself with them, or do you you think your way through them? Do you become one with the universe? Realize that hey, this, this is where I am right now. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I will, I will. Th this will work itself out. I will work through it. You know, and and eventually, it not always, but sometimes it doesn't. But mostly, it does work out better than you thought it would. And um, you know, so. So the it's hard to have that perspective when times mm -hmm. are hard, oh, um, yeah. but it's also really important to try to have that perspective. Oh, yeah. And the survival brain is made to think about everything that could happen or everything that happens so you, it won't happen again. So or it's a, it's kind of a survival primitive mode <laughs> and it's still there. It will always be there. But like you said, we, we have still a certain power to focus on the present. Mm. Yeah. yeah, be in the moment, be conscious, be be one with this great, beautiful universe that is flowing through you right now. It's yeah. flowing through me. And this moment right here that we have, that we're having this conversation or the people who are going to listen to it, mm -hmm. uh, that's that's really a wonderful thing. 
You yeah. Know, that's a beautiful, special thing. Enjoy that. And, yeah. and um, take care of each other, you know, love each other. You know, it's, it's these fundamental values of caring and loving that are so important. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love this. I love to talk about life sometimes, not only about music. Oh, by the way, I listened to a podcast you made with uh, the live um, Toby Morris a couple of years okay. ago. Okay, yeah, yeah. Love Toby. If people want to know about like all the bands you have uh, uh, in like the 80s, everything, uh, I think they really should listen to it. It was a wonderful interview, by the way. I really like that. Thank you. Like you talk. Yeah, Toby's great. You he's talk- amazing. He's an amazing, you know, it's funny. He's one of these really talented people. He He's great as a, you know, front man, you know, as a singer. Mm-hmm. And then he's also great in his podcast. And he's a super cool guy. Like yeah. that's, he's a super nice guy. So, so like he's, he's a really all around awesome I know, dude. I yeah. know. I like him a lot. And you, you talked a lot about uh, when you played in DYS. Uh, amazing so great and um thank you yeah so crazy I, times i wish people could could hear this interview uh, i had a lot of questions from the listeners but about all and uh, a lot of people asked uh why did you quit or why you only played for what a uh, couple of years in all yeah yeah it was it was it was too short so what you happened? know um yeah. but so um when i So in DYS or in Dagnasty, um, we really didn't do much touring, you know, like there was, oh. it was, first of all, in the DYS days, you know, clubs were getting shut down, you know, you'd, you'd play a VF, VFW hall or, a, you know, and then it would, they would, the people would see the concert and they'd be like, you can never play here. You know, Why? so there was always these struck. Oh, because punk rock was so revolutionary. Hardcore was new. Nobody saw it. So if the, if the owners of a venue that, you know, <laughs> if we rented out a hall and they came and saw, there were all these kids with, you know, mohawks and shaved heads and purple hair and, you know, whatever. And, you know, slamming, mm. slam dancing, jumping off stage, you know, so all this stuff, they, back then, In 1982, three, four, that was very new. And people didn't, the normal you know, world wasn't ready for it. Oh. And so, um, so we, you know, it was really hard to tour. And we did, a, you know, like 10 days of a DYS tour. You know, that was the longest we did, I think. Oh. And um, we did some out of show, you know, we played in New York and things like that. But as far as actually doing a tour, We really didn't do too much. And then with Dagnasty, uh, we did a tour with the Descendants, which was awesome. And, wow. um, and that's where I formed my my friendship with Bill Stevenson, you know, which later led to all. Oh, cheer. You know? Blasting and, room. Um, I'm having my blasting room. <laughs> there you go. Bill, Bill is the man. And that's another guy. So he's a great person. He's, you know, probably the best drummer in the world. And, and he's... Um, an amazing producer engineer. So he's like all around awesome. So, um, you know, but, uh, so, so, so yeah, when I joined all, um, I was literally on the road for nine months of one year. Wow. Um, that's a lot. Yeah. And, and, you know, people I think who haven't toured and especially in 1980, you know, six, 87, 88, whenever it was, those, Touring was very different than how it is today. Um, you know, we were we were not making very much money. We were mostly staying in people's houses. Mm-hmm. Um, when we weren't, we were in you know pretty 
um, pretty small, you know, rooms and hotel sharing, all that stuff, you know, and that's all great. I wouldn't trade mm-hmm. any minute of it. I, I would not trade one minute of it. But after, you know, after nine months of it, uh, not straight, you know, but like, you but know, two still. months, boom, home for a week or two weeks, you know, boom, out for another month, boom, out you know, home for a week, you know. So it was really, it was tough, you know, um, on, on me psychologically, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for it, you know, and um, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. But I was also really, really tired, you know, yeah. and um, and I just I just got to the point when I I love the band. I love the guys. I thought we were doing something really revolutionary in music, which is, you know, as a musician, that's mm-hmm. that's what you want to do. And um, so I really believed in everything. Uh, but I just was like, I can't keep up. You know, I was I was tired. So so that was that was really the reason it was just like I didn't want to be on tour. I wanted to take a, a break from touring. And yeah, but what about the other guys? Because it's it was probably very tiring for them too. They probably they had were they some... were tough. They had already been toughened <laughs> up. So you know how when you like I don't know if you've ever played guitar, but when you start playing guitar, uh, at least for me and others, your fingers will actually bleed sometimes because you're hitting the <laughs> strings and you you know. Yeah. And, and I remember in early Down by Law shows, live shows, I had a white uh, SG guitar, Gibson SG, and and I would look down. Or and I had a white Les Paul too, and and I would look down and see the blood dripping off of the guitar Damn. onto the stage, and it was like modern art, you know, it was like a Jackson Pollock thing because you'd watch the drop, and you know, I'd be playing and singing, but I'd watch the drop in slow motion almost, Whoa. and it'd splatter, you know, wow. on the on the uh, on the floor of the stage, you know. So so, but eventually your hand gets tougher, right? And your mm-hmm. fingers get calluses, and they they toughen up, yeah. And then you start playing, and you don't bleed anymore. And same thing if you start working out, you know, your first day, the next day you feel like, ah, my muscles all, you know, this sucks, you know, and then you do it again and you do it again and you do it again. You keep on building and eventually you were able to do those exercises without so much pain. And um, so that that is kind of, I think, what the other guys had already done. They'd already uh, developed their for- calluses. They're, they're, you know, they were already Good toughened point. up. And um And, and I hadn't developed my calluses yet. They didn't start doing nine months in a year of tour previously. Exactly, exactly, yeah. 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 So, um, but, you know, All was just such a wonderful band and, yeah. and such a wonderful um, experience. And um, I, I'm very, very, you know, I, I love what we did together mm-hmm. and the albums that we made Um We're, were so unique at the time mm-hmm. um, oh, for yeah. me, especially like I had never made anything like that and done it in quite that way. And, um, you know, I was living as a musician for the first time, right? That was the first time I'd ever been a full-time musician. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that was, that was pretty exciting stuff. And so I love those guys to the end of time and, uh, you know, uh, hopefully we'll get to play again someday, you know? Yeah. You just listen to your own body and, and boundaries which is totally fine. There's nothing wrong about that. Yeah. No, you know, everybody has to follow what's in their heart. I, I never, one of the things I always believed, and I think this is true, whether you're, you know, an accountant or mm-hmm. uh, a teacher or, or whatever you are in life, social worker or, or, you know, musician, whatever you do, love it. And even when it's hard, keep loving it. And then if it gets to a point when you don't love it as much anymore and you're ready to try something new, that's okay. You know, so it's okay to transition to a different career if you're, mm-hmm. let's say you're a teacher and you want to become, you know, 
um, a healthcare worker. Okay, so go to college at night, earn your earn your you know certificate, and then and become a healthcare worker. That's great. That's totally fine. Yeah, you know if that's what you want. You know if that's where your heart is leading you. Um, so um, that's just an example. You know, but. Funny that you say that because I used to be a social worker and at some point it wasn't fun anymore. <laughs> uh, so Right? So what did you do? Um, I took a long break in um, at an insurance company and mm -hmm. then I found something more um, balanced between yeah. social work and... But I still have a distance. Yeah. 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 And that's so, totally, I mean, I relate you know, to what the you thing just is said. people, human beings, we're not robots, right? Like we, we, mm. we don't just do one thing as we are programmed to do it every day, mm -hmm. you know, and if you start feeling like a robot, that's not good, you know? Yeah. So, um, so we, we change and we grow and we, we get better and we, sometimes we fall, sometimes we make mistakes, but we get back up and we, we do it better the next time. Yeah. So, so true. Wow. I feel like, Every project you started in the past and the present always was always so, so, so successful. So do you have a special recipe for that? Or do you know that you do something, you know, because it's pretty impressive. Thank you very much. Um, you know, I think, I think, uh, <clears throat> I think you have to believe in yourself. Mm. You have to, you have to, you know, love what you do and believe in what you do. And I think that you also have to believe and trust those people around you, you know, like in this case, you know, your bandmates so and, um, and you have to, you know, really work your butt off. That's yeah. another thing, you know, like, um, you know, I think in whatever you do in life, those are, those are good rules for whatever somebody does, you know, mm -hmm. and you got to keep working to get better and not sort of um, just stop growing. And so for me, mm -hmm. I've always believed that punk rock and hardcore can make us, you know, can help us, can shape us, can encourage us, yeah. can make us tougher, you know, hardcore for sure. You know, um, I think it can, it can help give us confidence It can help remind us that we're not alone. You know, mm. there's this community. The community you, me, is so important. Yeah, yeah, we're part of a community, right? And uh, so, I think that's really important to have that as your foundation, and and then to keep getting better. Like, if you're a guitar yeah. player, um, okay, that's awesome. Be a guitar player, but but don't just learn two chords. Like, try and learn three. You know, and then maybe try and learn four. You know, and like keep growing as a musician, and. Um, I think the bands that that are really great, like you look at, you know, somebody like, um, I don't know, Jimi Hendrix or Eddie Van Halen, you know, two of the best guitar players ever. Mm -hmm. And they, or I'll give you another example, Randy Rhodes, who uh, used to play, of course, for Ozzy Osbourne. And, Ra and Randy Rhodes, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard a story oh. that um, Randy Rhodes, you know, who wrote Crazy Train and all these other things, um, He would go into a town and actually look up guitar teachers in the town and take lessons, even though he was a rock star and oh. making a lot of money and playing, you know, to huge crowds. He never wanted to stop growing as a musician. And I don't know if that story is true or not, but I know that 
the idea of it is true that that's the kind of artist he was. You know, he was never content just to be to be where he was. He wanted to always push the envelope, you know? Yeah. So uh, so that's that's what I've tried to do as a singer. You know, I sing. Uh, I haven't gotten to be in a reggae band yet, but that is a goal of mine. Oh. Um, to be in a reggae band. I absolutely love, um, you know, ska, uh, you know, Jamaican ska and, and, and reggae. And so, um, so I'd love to do that. I, you know, like I said, I grew up singing church choirs. I mm-hmm. sang in musicals in high school and then, you know, obviously punk rock bands were my career. And then, um, and then I'd love to be in a, uh, you know, a heavy, a real proper heavy metal band, you know, and yeah. I still sing along, you know, when I'm driving, <laughs> I'm I'm often singing along to other genres of music, you know, and um, I haven't had a chance to do it professionally yet, but I'm really always trying to see, you know, what my vocal capabilities are, uh, and I can. I was just listening to Earth, Wind, and Fire recently, and um, uh, so Maurice White is the singer for for Earth, Wind, and Fire, and um, he's, you know, ridiculously talented. Oh. Um, and, uh, he was, he's unfortunately passed away, but, mm. uh, so one of the best singers ever. Right. And, um, or Brad Delp from, uh, from Boston. That's another guy, the band Boston, like the range that those guys have is freaking insane. And so I, I can't quite hit some of their high notes, but I get close, you know, and I keep on practicing and I breathe from the diaphragm and all the training that I've done over my years, you know, and I'm trying to get better at my falsetto or high notes so that I can actually sing along with earth, wind and fire and Boston. You know, if I can do that, um, I'll, I'll be, I'll be a happy boy. So you love the process of improving. Yeah. You know, I mean, whatever you do in life, why, why do it just average? Like, man, try it, try and push yourself, try and make yourself better. Take a lesson, take a class, do, you know, don't, don't uh, just sit on the couch all day, you know, get out there (sighs) and try and do new things, you know? Um, so, Hmm. um, yeah, I think that's, that's a, that's one recipe for success is never being totally content, you know, always pushing yourself artistically. Oh, well, I'm excited to hear your reggae project eventually. (laughs) Me too. Me too. I'm dreaming of it. I'm, I've, I've thought a lot about it and I've even (laughs) thought of people I would ask to play with me. So it's. It's it's it may happen someday, uh, someday soon. I hope. So I feel like. Every- and the thing is, yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, go ahead. Go no, ahead, no, sorry. no, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the thing is, you can't do a reggae band and try and just sound like Bob Marley, right? Like that's <laughs> I love Bob Marley. He's he's my one of my top five, yeah, you yeah. know, artists and singers of all time. But if you try and be Bob Marley, or if you try and be Dave Smalley, or whoever you want to be, like you're just going to sound like you're imitating them. Mm-hmm. So find your own sound. And your own voice as a as an artist, as a as a you know, podcaster, as mm-hmm. a whatever, you know, and whatever you do, find your own place, your own energy, your own drumbeat. Follow your own drumbeat. And you'd be amazed how that will help you in life. So mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you can definitely learn with the greats, you know, like like I learn from Bob Marley for sure. Mm-hmm. But if I form a reggae band, I'm not gonna try and sound like Bob Marley. I'm no. gonna try and be who I am. And but be playing probably some music influenced by him <laughs> yeah, for sure. sure, you know. But uh, but I'm not going to try and imitate. Uh, so totally. that's a key, I think, to yeah. doing it to doing it well, you know. Mm, nice. And I feel like every time you started a project or you you joined a project, it was to find something. I don't know. 
a new challenge or something. So I wonder what what was the motivation with starting a Don't Sleep? Did you started it? Did you join well, it? Or kind you of. It? So Don't Sleep is a really interesting story. Uh, I was um, in in uh, my bedroom one night and I got a Facebook message from a guy uh, named Garrett Rothman, who is our bass mm -hmm. player. Yeah. But at the time, I didn't know Garrett. And he, he said, hey, we're in this band called Very Americans, and uh, and we'd love for you to listen to our stuff. We're all we're all big fans of yours. We'd love it if you could listen. And I said, sure. You know, send me send me whatever you've got. So he did. And about maybe two <coughs> minutes in to that group, I was like, oh gosh, these guys are really good. And by about four minutes in, maybe the second song, I was like, they're freaking fantastic wow. these guys are amazing i love this and i wrote him you know this is fantastic you know and he's mm -hmm. like hey cool so we started talking and um and then they invited me up to um to uh their town mm. in pennsylvania and um so i i went up there and uh to harrisburg and we played and um They played with me with their band, and then I I headlined a set, and they played some Dag Nasty songs with me for the encore. Wow. It was just a really good, nice energy that we had together. And when we were on stage, just doing those first few songs together, I could tell they were really good, and and we had a good chemistry. And you know, a good band has chemistry. Yeah, and and it's really important. And so they were, they had. You know, we, we had a chemistry together. And um, so it's like we almost did the music before we were friends in a way, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but then we became very good friends um, very quickly. And that's also important. And um, they're they're wonderful guys and they're, you know, they're they're great. Their hearts are, are really in the right place and nice. they really love hardcore and they, you know, They love being doing what the what Don't Sleep is doing. They really believe in it and love it. And you see it when you see them and you hear it when you hear them. They're it's 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 real. It's real. So you found great musician and the chemistry arrived pretty quick. So it's great. Correct. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And why did you name it Don't Sleep? So you would have to ask our rhythm guitar player, Tony Bavaria. Oh. Who, tell me, Tony. Who? Sorry. <laughs> I said, "Tell me, Tony." Tell me, Tony. Yeah. So he named it. I think. Um, I will say that all of my bands had the letter D in them, right? So D Y S. That's true. Uh, you'd say, but D -Y -S. not all. But all no. was also the With descendants, descendants uh. right? <laughs> so and then Beck Nasty, and then uh, D uh, Down by Law, yeah. and uh, Dave's. Now Dave Smalley and the Bandoleros and That's Don't true. Sleep. So everything has had a D in it. And so uh, I think Tony may have used that, <laughs> you know, as part of his reason. But, you know, I like the name because there's, um, it means, you know, stay focused, stay alert, stay, you know, don't sleep on life, you know. Mm. Um, you know, th there, there's a famous uh, line from Benjamin Franklin, I believe, who said, There will be plenty of time for sleep in the grave. <laughs> yeah, we say that and in French a lot. <laughs> do you? Okay. We use that There expression a lot. Comment dit ça en, en français? Comment dit on ça? In Québécois, um, 
on dormira quand on sera mort. OK, super. Um, so, so uh, yeah, we, we, uh, I love the name that, that Tony came up with, and I think everybody liked it right away. You know, we're like, oh, that's it. That's the name. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I like that. I do way too much um, naps <laughs> every day, and I should sleep less. Oh, that's okay. So, There's not uh, <laughs> nothing wrong with sleeping either, you know, so, yeah. I love power yeah. nap. Uh, by the way, I know um, some friends in the local scene, they name their hardcore band uh, Bring the Light after the song. Really? Was yeah. it named after our song? Yep, yep. Oh, man, that makes me really happy. Thank you, guys. I uh, really appreciate that. Wonderful. And I'm going to play one of their I'm gonna play one of their song on this episode with you because it's totally related. It, it's great. Super. Yeah, so it's from Jeff. You should... Uh, maybe I send you a link. Their music is... Please do. It's, yeah, it's by all phenomenal. Means, yeah. And live, they are phenomenal. But yeah, it's yeah, Jeff confirmed me it was after the song. Nice, nice. So okay. great. Yeah, I'm excited to hear it. Mm. So, we're going to release a new album pretty soon on June 2nd. It's called Sea Change. Right? Yes, absolutely. And yeah. um, you already released a few singles. I'm thinking of Dead on the Inside. And I read that this song started with kind of a vision you had or a daydream or something. So, um, I think there's part of the line, if, if I'm thinking of what you're thinking of, is that it, it has this idea of soaring through the air, right? And, and um, I've had this, this weird dream, and it's been, um, you know, many times in my life. So, I think that at some point, you know, in the next life, that'll be something I do, kind of like the silver surfer, you know? I think I'll be soaring through space, Wow. You know, and if I have a silver surfboard, that would be even cooler. But, you know, but but either way, you know, I think my spirit will be zooming through mm. the stars. It's this image that I've had so many times. And even I've had other dreams where I'm I'm sort of, you know, zooming along above the earth, uh, but close, you know, like a bird almost, like a bird, wow. bird height and flying through and seeing rivers and streams and fields, you know, and, and that's that's another thing. And I, you know, you can't control your dreams. Right. And, mm -hmm. um, but I've had this so many times. Um, and, and it's a great dream. It's a happy dream. It makes wow. me very, uh, you know, I feel release and I love space. Um, I've me always too. been interested in space. And so I have a friend who is very not into space, you know? Um, but, but I've always, um, I've always been into space and, you know, maybe, maybe that's another you know, uh, experience I'll have in the next, the next round. Right. You know, um, I don't know, of course, but maybe we'll see. I watched tons of documentaries about space. I like that so much. And I, I'm Me always too. a little frustrated because I would never have all the answers that I would like to have, <laughs> but I, no. I definitely want to fly in space too someday. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I would love to go up in space in a in a ship, but but in these dreams I'm not in a ship. I'm, no, you're I'm just, just Yeah, me, it's you. Soaring. Yeah. Yeah. Just just zooming through. And um so I, I don't know what it means, but it's it's cool. I have a <laughs> I have a question I ask to a lot of people and they think I'm weird, but I'm gonna ask you. If you could sacrifice ten years of your life, but you would be allowed to uh 
know everything you want to know about space and you could see all the footage <laughs> footage you want and you could fly would you trade 10 years or 15 years you know no. do you understand no you no mean? because uh no because i'm a i'm a, a daddy you know it's uh, my yeah. my my most uh you know special thing for me is my children and so um i would not want to lose a single day uh with them so, That's a good yeah, answer. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade anything for that, or, or any of my bands. Right. So I've been such a musician my whole life that if I took off ten years, I would probably lose some <laughs> really wonderful memories and music with my friends. Oh. So yeah, no, I think I would not. I would not take that offer. I would say thank I you. Would take merci, it. Mais, mais non. Merci, merci, mais non, merci. Uh, I would take it. I don't have children, and like I said, I, I, I will. I'm very frustrated. I will. Uh, I won't be able to know everything I want to know. And it's one of my life goals to know as much as I can about the universe. <laughs> but that's really cool. So just, but just keep reading about it, loving it, yep. you know, and maybe you won't be in space, but maybe you can be there in your mind mm -hmm. and in your heart. You can enjoy it. You can think about it so much that you can project yourself there. You mm -hmm. know, that there's, there's all kinds of ways to enjoy it. Um, you know, I'll never be in, on Tatooine or, or, you know, Coruscant, but I love Star Wars, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So, um, you know, so, so I, when I watch Star Wars, I am in the universe, you know, I've projected myself into the universe of that. And so maybe you can project yourself into space. Mm. Oh yeah, I can do that. I want to visit all the exoplanets in my head, but I, I like, yeah. I like that the song was inspired by some dream you had about that it's really good thanks yeah yeah well you know you have to be true to what's inside you and your heart and so if if your heart is telling you to write about uh soaring through space then write about it you know <laughs> so i will <laughs> i love the video too with the skateboard it's fun yeah yeah we we got some really uh great skate board you know talented people you know to to do their thing and i, I the, the thing i really love about it besides the the actual skateboarders you know so i've had a long you know connection to skateboarding not as a skateboarder but because of my music you know mm -hmm. and and um i do i i have been a skateboarder you know being in the past but never like anything like what those kids can do mm -hmm. you know just 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 uh you know going down the sidewalk to the store you know kind of stuff in the early days you know but um but uh you know there's always this sense both in and that's why hardcore mat matches so well with skateboarding there's mm -hmm. a sense of of release of freedom of independence of yep. trying of failing and getting back up and trying again you know that's part of wow. our music culture and that's part of the skateboarding culture and so they've always been a natural you know it's perfect right it's a perfect um teamwork and um so you know down by law especially had you know has so many skateboarding fans mm -hmm. and um and i think don't sleep uh as well so it's it's a it's a really you know It, it means a lot to me to be connected with that world and that community and those kids who I really respect. Mm -hmm. And I think skateboarding is in reference to what we talked a little before, but they are really in the present <laughs> when you skateboard. For sure. Yes. I, I, Great point. Yeah. 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 I completely agree with that. that. They are in the moment. Mm. I 
I had the chance to listen to the to the album and I love the opening. What's the first song? Arisberg Graves? The first Arisberg song. Arisberg Graves. I yeah. love that it's it starts with drums only, like a little part of drums, and then it's super fast. I think it's a great opener. It's one of my favorite songs on the album. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I love it too. The the name is was thought of by um by Tom uh our our guitar player our lead guitar player and um he thought of it and I just love that title so much so their their hometown is Harrisburg Pennsylvania and the idea is walking around and seeing you know all the places I used to know all the places I used to go you know and 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 now this is a ghost town you mm -hmm. know and and um how things change and um you know uh, certainly I think in any city it's can be Quebec, Montreal, oh, you know, oui. can be Los Angeles, it can be DC, wherever. It it's always like you remember how things were when mm -hmm. you're a kid and and then you go back and look at it and like maybe your favorite place is now an apartment building or you know what I mean? And it, it kind of yeah. sucks, right? Oh, yeah. So um so so that's kind of what the song is about, like, you know, Harrisburg Graves, you know, like and it could be, you know, the whole idea is remembering and And, and sort of remembering with love the, the past. Oh, great. Another song that I really like is the song 2020, 20.20. Is, uh, yeah. is it about pandemic? I think you could say that a little bit. Um, you know... I, you know, so one of the things I think about songs is that I try to I try to let the listener make it their own song. Mm. And by that I mean um that song once it's written and recorded and released to the world it's not my song anymore. Oh. And I feel like um it's a I almost don't want to put too many uh particular um fences around okay. a song mm -hmm. because that song might mean something very special and different to you for instance let's just say mm. so um i almost like the songs to be what you hear and okay. make it what you want it to be does that make sense yeah i i'll pay attention to the lyrics for sure but the title just And also, yeah. So, so 2020, right, is vision, you know. And the funny thing for "Don't Sleep" is all of us wear glasses, so um, <laughs> you know we don't have perfect uh, vision. 2020, um, like in so, this. and and the other thing is, um, you know, the idea of 2020 is there's an expression I think probably in French as well as English, but hindsight, looking back, you always see things mm -hmm. perfectly. You see what you could have oh, done. Oh wow! Or, okay. You know, so yeah. it's hindsight is 2020. So if I look backwards. If only I'd done that. But and of course you know that now, right? Because it's hindsight is perfect. You know, you have perfect mm -hmm. vision when you've moved away from a situation. So yeah, I, um, I just thought so, about the year. Yeah, even if it's 20.20, I wondered. By the way, I love the harmonies. Okay. I love the harmonies so much in this song. The vocals so good. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, good. a lot of those harmonies. Some of them were done by the band, you know, and some of them were done by. Um, Uh, a couple of guys that are friends of ours in Richmond, um, and uh, they they are James Menifee and and Pedro Aida, and they um, their names are on the on the album, you know, and um, they did these amazing things just in Pedro's studio. It's where I was doing the vocals, and um, 
they're mm-hmm. great. And uh, they was like, oh, my God, these are awesome guys. You know, so perfect. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, and I know you, you worked previous, previously with Brian McTernan of Be Well. And so is it, it, did you work with him on this new album, too? Yes. So, so when we recorded um, the first album, mm-hmm. we recorded enough songs to be the second album as well. So um, we knew all along that we were recording enough songs to be two albums. We, oh. we wanted it. It was it was on purpose. So um, we did uh, a lot of the the vocal work um, and some of the guitar parts and some of the other things with um, with Brian McTurnan, who is you know a genius and, I know. and amazing. So I yeah. I interviewed him a few months ago. What a great human. Yeah, great human. That's a really good way of, mm. of describing him. Um and uh and so we we actually did some of the vocals in his uh, studio near Baltimore or mm-hmm. in Baltimore. And um Salad and then, days. Uh, yeah. And then uh and then we did uh, we also had um uh you know Walter Schreifels um from Quicksand and Oh um, wow. Gorilla Biscuits. Um uh you know and youth of today so so walter helped on on some of the producing as well as brian so that was an incredible opportunity to have those guys uh contribute to the record and and so uh you can hear um some really great work by them mm. in in the in their you know contributions in their ideas in their you know in their flow um i remember there's one song where i You know, um, I think it was, I can't remember. It's not on this record. It's on the first record called True North, right? Mm-hmm. And um, True North is on the album uh, Sea Change. I'm sorry, on the album uh, um, Turn, the, Turn tide, the Tide. Turn the Tide, And yeah. so, yeah, so so we, on that album, there's a line, um, um, I'm going to get through every, every danger, um, just like Aragorn, a true North Ranger, right? So if you're a Lord of the Rings nerd like me, you know, you, 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 you know, who Aragorn is right. Yeah. So, um, so I remember there was another line that I had later on in the song. There was another, um, movie reference and, um, it was from the matrix and, mm. uh, and Walter Schreifels said, you know, and he and I, you know, really connected very well, you know? And, uh, he said, no, 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 you only get one movie reference per song. <laughs> And I was like, damn it, you know, so, but he was right. It was the right call. You know, it, it made the other, it, it, too much was too much. Right. So, so Walter was like, yeah, no, it was funny. great. I love that. I still remember that. <laughs> and he was smiling while he said it, you know, and I laughed and I said, all right. So you wrote a you bonus know, so, song so he, just to put another reference in a bonus song. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it, just little moments like that stick in your mind. Right. Mm. So it's great. Wow. And I know you don't want us to, you, you want to give us the song and so we can make our, our own meaning, but is there any special topics you talked about on the lyrics and, or general ideas or general mood? Mm. I think that uh, one of the things I love about Don't Sleep is there's a lot of um, positive karma, you know? And it's positive karma mixed in with hardcore. Ah, so, yeah. um, you know, there's this energy, there's this um, even, you know, um, sort of 
anger that, that is sometimes in hardcore, right? It's part of it, sure. right? Like you're trying to make things better in your mm-hmm. life and in your and in your scene, you know? And and so um there's a little bit of that in there too. But I think just anger without positivity is going to wear you down after a while. Oh yeah. You know? And so I am hopefully known for being a positive guy and um, bringing energy and creative energy and positive energy and love and compassion into the world because that is what makes everyone, you know, that's what makes your battery run in the end. The battery doesn't just run on anger or or True. hatred or sadness. You know, there has there is going to be that in life, you know, sometimes. But uh, but the the real human being heart the soul the spirit that all runs on you know pma to quote the bad brains you know positive mental attitude you know so uh you got to have that pma and um so so i think throughout don't sleep there is this sense of energy of urgency of you know of of trying of committing to your friends and your scene and your family and you're trying to make things better you know but there's also this thing like hey what binds us together is is love and power mm-hmm. and compassion and that's in the end the energy that is going to be triumphant wow wow i have no words it's just really good super true wow thank you so great um and i always ask No, I don't always, but often when I finish an interview, I like to talk, to ask my guest if you have any other hobby or passions beside music. What do you do when you have free time? You have kids, uh, you love movies, from what I understand, you love space, but what else? Okay, so all of those are true, you know, my, my children and, and movies for sure, and um Yeah, space, you know. I think you know more about space than me. I just more sure. love the idea of being in space. I don't know as much as I should, you know, but I love It's the fine. idea of, of soaring and being free and the stars and the nebulas and the comets oh, yeah. and the sun and the planets, you know, like, oh, how freaking cool that is, right? Like, <laughs> oh, man, it sounds awesome. So, so yeah, but um, I'm... I think I'll be inspired by you from this interview and I will go I'll send you some read some more about space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But oh, so yeah, wow. music of course, you know, and not just you know, I I said earlier about how important it is to never rest, right? And as as a to never get too complacent or yeah. too comfortable, you know, because then you you start becoming maybe a little lazy, right? And so um oh, yeah. I try to you know, When I'm learning, when I think about music, uh, for instance, um, man, I'm not going to just stick in my own little world of hardcore and punk, which I love. Mm-hmm. You know, it's my heart. My, you know, it's it's yeah. what it's it's true to who I am. But but I want to learn about you know opera or or you know reggae or, reggae, or yeah. you know jazz or you know I want to learn why is what makes John Coltrane so incredibly complex that it's It's beyond imagination, but also mm-hmm. how beautiful that is. Like, what, let me understand that a little better as a musician, you know. Let me understand the scales and the notes that Coltrane is playing and the timing. With, you know, like, I've got to understand that as a musician. I'm challenging myself to get yeah. better and understand the, the greats and learn from them. And hopefully, you know, 
incorporate some of that into whatever I do, you know? So, um, so yeah, learning is a key, I think for me and whatever I do, um, except for one thing, I'll tell you Mm. one thing that's a little different. I do not, um, try to learn all about the making of a movie. Oh, so for instance, let's say you learn about, let's say the matrix, right? It's one of my favorite movies. Okay. So, um, you know, the whole idea of like, you're not actually living where you think you're living. You're not, Mm -hmm. you don't look like how you think you look like we're all in these pods. We're providing energy from our lives through to these, you know, this weird, you know, uh, mechanized subculture, you know, culture that is actually using us as, as batteries. So anyway, the whole idea is incredible, right? So when I watch the matrix, I don't want to know how they did a special effect Mm -hmm. or how they, how they shot a particular scene. I don't want to take out the the magic and totally. the mystery of that. I don't want to know how Neo and Trinity did that thing where they're going into the <laughs> building and they scale the walls, you know, and go sideways. I don't want to know how they did that. Yeah. I want to be in the moment of that movie and in the moment of that scene. So I don't like, I mean, I have friends who are Star Wars fans like me, you know, but they're way more knowledgeable about how how Lucas, you know, was filming, you know, in Tunisia and, and yeah, all these things. For you the don't want to know, you know that. For, I understand. I don't want to know it. No, I, I just want to know, you know, I want to be with Luke and Obi-Wan and, and you know, and Chewbacca and Han, you know, and, and I want to just be there. I want to be yeah. in that world at that moment. I want to escape into that world. It's so keep it that's real. one thing where I kind of it's keeping don't it try real. to do it. Sorry? I said it keeps it real. It keeps it real. Yeah, for sure. Good. Yeah, that's a good way of describing it. Yeah. So, so I do that. And um, yeah, I guess uh, those are pretty much. Oh, and I love baseball. Oh, I love baseball a lot. Nice. So one of my, um, one of my passions is to just, you know, relax and watch a baseball game when I can. Oh. Um, and that's very much a, a game of in the moment, you know, because mm-hmm. baseball games are relatively long and, you you kind of have to be in the right psychology, you know, to be watching a baseball game. Mm-hmm. You have to appreciate the the pitcher against the batter, you know, and yeah. and just kind of get into the flow of that moment, you know. And it's a beautiful artistic sport in a way, wow. um, very hard sport. And um, but the, yeah, so baseball is a is a great game in my mind, you know. So I love watching baseball. Mm. That's great. Thank you so much for being my guest today. We had such a great conversation. Thank you, Dave. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Uh, Really uh, appreciate it. Everybody was very excited for doing this with you. So um, we really appreciate your your support and and, uh, we we think you're awesome. So thank you very, very much. Thank you. You're all awesome too. Um, I didn't, honestly, I didn't know a lot about you. I knew some, I mean, your career. Yeah, but like, I'm, I'm very happy that you opened to some deep stuff so yeah merci beaucoup yeah for sure j'ai très hâte Sorry? I said merci, oh, merci beaucoup I hope that the audio sounds okay because yes. to show you how much we respect you and like you um, I think you had requested that we have a, a proper microphone right and not just use the uh, mm, the, no. the regular you know tiny so. little microphone I don't think well, so I don't think no, I said okay. That. Well, Tony, uh, Tony Bavaria, the one who named the band, our rhythm guitar player, <laughs> he 
bought, I don't know if you can see it, but uh, he no bought way. a special <laughs> microphone for me. He I said, didn't yeah, ask that. It's you not, know, this is for the even... interview you're going to do with Emily, you know, and, and like, I was like, okay, cool. You know, so this is the first time. Honestly, I never know, as a singer, asked that. <laughs> okay, then it must be a lucky <laughs> circumstance. But this is the first time that I've ever used this microphone. But it's great. And, um, you know, that's. I sing into all kinds of microphones, you know, but but this is the very first one <laughs> that I have ti- the time that I have used this microphone, and now it's my microphone, so it yeah. will always be very special for me. That I will always remember this interview. So thank you for that too, <laughs> you know. Wow, yeah, for sure, so great. <laughs> so now you you have. Because I think a William Scream will always be my, my favorite band. <laughs> But the band I want you to discover today was definitely my favorite band of the Puzza Fest. It's Hold the Humanity with an exclamation point. 
They are from Massachusetts, and I don't know if you remember, but last week I repunked Jude Band One Fall. They are also from this state. They are also super great, and they have the same bass player. <laughs> How great is that? The band was formed in 2012, and I know I put them in a playlist like last year, but I never took the time to really dig into the band. I think I, ju I just forgot, but then I saw them live at Puzza Fest and holy shit! It was super funny because they played on the Saturday night at Puzza Fest and I was really tired, so... I really wanted to see the bands Wolfric and 22, so I went to the venue a little earlier to catch some other bands. And I was with my friend Melody and we were sitting because we were absolutely exhausted because we watched bands there like literally all day. <laughs> so we were like, okay, just before 22 and uh, Wolfric, let's just sit and have a beer and just relax. <laughs> And then all humanity started and we looked at each other, Melody and I, and we were like, oh, shit, okay, no, we won't stay uh, seated. We'll definitely go rock in front of the stage because <laughs> it's so good. I was absolutely seduced by their energy, the punk, melodic hardcore, metal influences, very similar to a Willem Scream propaganda strike anywhere. Oh, so good. So let's listen to their song At Our Lowest. Uh, it's the opening song for their self-titled album released in 2021.
sure sponsors Iodine Recordings and Epic Merch Door. Thank you to Scott Hallquist for the co-production and edit. Thank you to Caroline Morin for the beautiful visuals for the episodes on social media. If you want to support the podcast and my work, you can share this episode in your social medias and tag me. You can also write me a DM, make some suggestions to improve the podcast. You can also subscribe to the Patreon page or make a one-time donation. Check the show notes, you'll have all the links and information. I still have two or three episodes for you before I take my summer break, so I'll be there next week for sure. But until then, punk your life. See you next week. Bye-bye.